Michael, since you're going to be a pastor and the Word of God says be instant in season and out of season, I want to ask you to come and ask God's blessing on the ministry of the Word. Thank you, Michael. First of all, I'm aware of the fact that Pastor Stewart is going to be leaving us in not too long here, so I just want to real quick just ask everybody to give this man a round of applause for years in the ministry. A blessing to this congregation and to everybody he's ever encountered. This man radiates God wherever he goes. Amen? So I'd also like to just pray a blessing on him as he exits the ministry, that this would be another beautiful season of his life. And he's been a blessing to the whole Spieler family, of course, as well. So if you'd please bow your heads with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, wow, you are so good. Yes. God, you are so good to us, and we are so wretched in your presence, God. Hallelujah. You chose us out of the pits. Romans 5 tells us, God, that you chose us at our lowest moment. Thank you so much, Jesus, for the hard, laborious efforts of Reverend Spuler, Jesus, a true Italian. <laughs> we are grateful for him, God. And although I know he will inherit heaps of spiritual treasure in heaven, waiting for him, a beautiful room, God, I pray that he would see the fruit here this morning. We're the fruit, God. Everyone who has been blessed by his messages, his love, his compassion, the Holy Spirit dwelling within him, the Lion of Judah who calls him forward, that's the fruit. And Lord God, I, I know that the, the right response of being fruit of a ministry is to go forth and make disciples. Jesus. Mm, yes, Lord. Why are we so bad at why are we so bad at that, God? Mm. I am so bad at that. Mm. Please, Jesus, I pray you would open our hearts. Open our Just hearts. open wide the doors. If we're holding something back, take it. Yes. We're giving it up. Mm -hmm. Temptation, depression, sadness, anxiety. Mm. These are the enemy's tools. Busyness. Yes. Oh, I'm too busy for that, Lord. I'm too busy for that today. No. We say no to these temptations, Lord. We will be like Mary sitting at your feet. Yes, Lord. Jesus, at mm -hmm. the feet mm -hmm. of Jesus, at the foot of the cross. This is our life. I pray that we would be men and women like Pastor Spuler, like Jesus Christ, like Stephen, like Paul whose lives are defined by the Holy Spirit. Mm. That we'd be men and women, God, men and women like Phineas, or who was it? Oh, the great evangelist of the New York State, God, and people said that when he would enter a town, they could tell the presence of the Lord was there. Mm. They knew that God was entering into that town through that man. I pray that when we enter into a grocery store, that people would know the presence of the living God is upon them. That when we shake hands with a relative or give them a warm embrace, that they would know there's hope for their souls. There is going to be a great revival in this country, and we're yes. going to bring it. Yes, we're going to bring it. But only if you will, God. Mm. We can do nothing apart from you. Mm -hmm. You are our strength. Yes, Jesus. God, in your great provision and mercy, you allowed my father to have a stroke when I was eight years old. And you've brought me to this beautiful place, God, through that process. Mm. And you're still blessing my family today. Mm. My dad is alive. My mother is well. We are all in good health. Thank you for that, God. Mm. But I know that's not the case for every brother and sister in this congregation this morning, Lord. I know that many are suffering from illness. Folks are getting older. Things are starting to fail. Blessed loved ones are 
going through some terrible, terrible trials. We live in a fallen, broken world. But God, James 5 tells us that when we bring those pains, when we bring the problems to you and to your feet, Lord, you will take them and heal them and make them right. Make them right. Our faith is weak, but we trust in you. Build our faith, God. We surrender everything at the foot of the cross. Thank you so much for the blessing of a building to worship you where we're not persecuted every day, where we can live and breathe and preach the word without repercussion. Lord God, we will not be thrown in prison. Why do we wait? Why do we linger? The doors of the church are open. Let them come in those doors, Jesus. Bring them in the doors, God. I pray we couldn't fit them in this room, God. I pray they wouldn't fit, that they would be stretched down the block, God, in your name to hear the good news, Jesus. It's possible. It's not too late for revival, Jesus. Bless the beautiful word, God. Pastor Spuler is about to preach, God. I pray that it would be magnificent and glorious in your sight. I pray that the throne room would be upon us. Mm. Thank you. Our Father, pray with me now. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Wow, he's a preacher man, isn't he? Thank you, Michael. I didn't get a chance to say welcome to our online audience. Thank you for joining us this morning. And with God helping us, uh, we'd like to share with you on the theme of 2023, a year of expansion. And the passage of scripture that I will be preaching from this morning is Isaiah 54. If we had time, we would read the whole chapter because it is full of such wonderful promise. But we're only going to be reading the first three verses. I invite you to join with me as we read. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. And may the Lord add his wonderful rich blessing to the reading of his word today. We want to focus this morning on this first day of this new year and reflecting on what is God's will. Jesus taught us to pray that thy will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Do you believe that God has a will, a design, a purpose, and a plan for our lives personally as well as for our church corporately? What is God's will. What is his desire? Regardless of what our past may have looked like, God is always interested in seeing what he has for us in the future. Now, just a a bit of context, Isaiah 54 is written to the people of Israel who are just coming out of captivity. And after spending 70 years away from their homeland, after spending 70 years feeling forlorn and lost and without an identity, without a purpose. God is saying, remember not the former things, as we read as we began the service. 
And now he's telling them, you who have been barren, I want you to shout, I want you to sing, because I'm going to make your life fruitful. I'm going to bless you with an abundance. God's purposes and plans for our lives are always above and beyond anything we could ask or even think. And even though today you might be thinking about all that has been, and because of all that has been, that has defeated you, that has discouraged you, that has cast you down, God is saying, I've got a new thing that I'm about to do. And if you will respond to my message of hope, you will see it come to pass. So we need to come into alignment today with God's heart and mind. If we are to lay hold of what God has in store for us, we need to come into agreement with his plan and expand our capacity to accommodate what God wants to do. You know, sometimes God is hindered because our capacity isn't what it needs to be, that it can be filled because God's will is that we be filled with all the fullness of God. The text that we have read this morning is a timely message for all believers, but I believe that it's particularly relevant for those of us who are sitting in this church today and for High Street Worship Center. We're facing a new year, exciting new beginnings. Old things pass away, all things become new. We're looking toward new leadership in this church who've already expressed a very clear vision, a clear vision for expansion. God's will, God's plan, God's desire, God's heart is always for expansion. That expansion is in perfect alignment with what his word declares, with what his promises are, with what his plan is even in this end time. For the word of the Lord in Habakkuk 2.14 says this is what God's plan is. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord even as the waters cover the sea. I want you to get an idea. I want you to get a picture in your mind. I want that to get down into your spirit. We're looking at living in a world that seems to be going from bad to worse. It seems to be going from dark to darker. But while that is happening, at the very same time, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is filling the whole earth. We, we hear that in Iran there, are, there is a revival like never before. And women are leading that revival as people are being brought to Jesus Christ. In an underground church, they're being filled with the glory of God. Their lives are being radically changed and transformed as they're brought out of the bondage of Islam and into the truth of Jesus Christ. Do we know where this glory is? Do we know what God's word says concerning this glory that is to fill the whole earth? I read about it in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 6. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Do we understand, Christian friends, that we are carriers of the glory of God. I want us to go into 2023 acknowledging that though there is darkness all around us, I'm a carrier of the light of the glory of God. And where I go, as Michael prayed this morning, there's light that dispels and scatters that darkness and the glory of God is revealed. And I love this promise in God's word in Proverbs chapter 4 that the path of the just is as the light of day that grows brighter and brighter. We all have the light of God, but as we walk with God faithfully, as we commune with God, that light grows brighter and brighter. And every day that you live, that light is a little brighter and God is revealing his glory all around. Let's be carriers of the glory of God in 2023. We want God to be free 
to do all that he desires to do in this new year in and through our lives and in and through High Street Worship Center. I believe God has great things for this church. I believe with all my heart the promise of the Lord in Haggai that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Intercessors grab onto that promise and keep seeking God and coming to agreement with his word that what glory this church may have had in its former day. And we hear stories about how this church was packed. Yes, Michael, they were, they were waiting outside. They were planning an expansion program to build onto this church. The altars were always full. That was glory. But God is saying to us today, if we will lay hold of his promise, that the latter end of this house will be more glorious than it was 30 years years ago and 40 years ago and 50 years ago eye is not seen nor ear heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God is preparing for those who love him I believe that God has plans for this house and for our lives because it's only as you and I come into agreement with God it's only as we have the capacity to receive and to then to pour out all that God pours into us that God will accomplish his purposes. The pattern and the principle of God's word is very, very clear. And even though God desires to do above and beyond all that we could ask, think, or even imagine, there is a pattern that God always follows. And there is this principle in God's word that we need to understand. And Augustine said it best, Without God, we cannot, but without us, God will not. God is looking for a divine partnership. And I wonder if on this first day of January 20, 2023, we would say, God, I want to partner with you. It's not my will. It's not what I want. It's not what I think. It's not what I'd like. You know, when churches go through transitions, people start stepping back and thinking, well, do I like that? And we used to do it that way, and now they're doing it this way. No, no, no. It's not about what we think, what we want, what we feel. It's about his will, his plan, his purpose. It's about him being glorified. It's about him having the preeminence in all things. And that is where our heart needs to be. Our heart needs to be, God, I am willing to partner with you, not my will will but your will be done God is looking for men and women to partner with him to accomplish his purpose it's always been that way when God said he was going to send a flood uh, to judge the earth he needed to find a Noah who would be willing to build that ark when God knew that there was going to be a famine that came into the land of Egypt he needed to raise up a Joseph to organize things in such a way that the people would not go hungry. When God needed to overthrow Haman's evil, wicked plan to destroy the Jews, God said, I need to raise up an Esther. God is looking for men and women. Are we willing to say, here am I, God send me? On this first day of 2023, here am I, send me. I'm not in this church just to warm a pew. I'm in this church to partner with God and to do his will and accomplish his purposes. We need to know today that God will accomplish his purposes regardless of every obstacle, regardless of every challenge that seems so formidable, regardless of uh, the attack of the Satan, because Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail. It doesn't say the gates of hell will not come against the church. The gates of hell will come against the church, but they will never prevail because God is on the throne. He is in control. He is almighty. He is all powerful. And there is nothing and no one who can thwart the purposes and the plans of God. But we need to come in divine agreement. We need to come into partnership. We need to surrender our lives to God and then do what God tells us to do. And we read about that prescription in the text that we've read this morning.
In verse 2, God says, enlarge the place of your tent. I like the Message Bible who says it this way, clear lots of ground for your tents. In other words, the plot that you're building on is too small. I want you to take inventory this morning and think about the plot that you're building on. Is it too small? If, it, if, if it's something that you think you could do, and I think it was Robert Morris who once said this, if it's something, if your vision is something that you think you can do with your own natural abilities, then it's probably not God. Because God wants to put something in your spirit that is so beyond what you're capable of doing so that he could show that through his power and through his might, he can work through a vessel that is yielded to him that says, God, here I am. Take me and use me. God has so much more for us to do, but here's the reality. We have a huge inheritance in Christ, but we're still living like paupers. And the cry of the Spirit of God today is enlarge the place of your tent. Expand your vision. You know, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we need to get out of our mentality of small thinking. God's desire is to enlarge us for the purpose of expanding his kingdom. What does God say in his word? And I've already quoted it, that in the last days, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill all the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's a great coverage. Maybe you're just looking at the wrong perspective. Maybe you're just listening to the news and all you hear and all you think, oh, this world is getting worse and worse and worse. Well, I want you to know that King Jesus says that I, I'm, I'm doing a new thing and there's going to be a great billion soul harvest that is coming to the planet earth and people are going to come to Christ by the droves. You, you think that there was something in, in the Jesus movement in generations past? What is happening in what is going to be taking place in the future far exceeds that because we are living in the end times and Jesus is going to have a bride. He's going to have a bride taken from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people. But he's looking for a people who will partner with him, a people who have the faith to believe, God, expand my vision, expand where I'm building my tent so it's big enough to contain what you want to do, what you desire to accomplish in and through my life. I know I can't, but you can. I know I'm weak, but you're strong. I know that I'm finite, but you're infinite. I know that there's nothing that you cannot do because you are the God of the impossible. Thinking the way that God wants us to think sometimes means that we need to change our paradigm. We need to change our thinking because expansion often means disrupting what we're familiar with. If you want an illustration of what I'm talking about, think about Route 70. Any of you ever down that way in Cherry Hill, Mount Laurel? Marlton, and it just goes for miles where they're trying to expand that God-forsaken highway that can't fit all the traffic that needs to travel on that road every day. And that road under construction has been like a nightmare. You talk about disruption. It's like when I have to get on Route 70, oh no, there, there must be another way that I can go. Because we, we don't like the detours and we don't like the changes. But God says, if you're going to do it my way, you need to adjust to the changes that I'm going to bring. And I want you to know, there are going to be changes at High Street Worship Center. I want you to know that God created Paul Spuler uniquely. He created Pastor Terry Davis uniquely. We are not the same person. The only thing that makes us similar is that we both love God and we both want to see the kingdom of God come in power and in might and in glory. And it's my prayer and my desire that everyone at High Street Worship Center would stop thinking, well, I'm used to Pastor Paul. Well, stop getting used to Pastor Paul because I'm not your savior. Jesus is. Pastor Paul isn't, isn't what this church is all about. This church is all about Jesus and whom he is placing in leadership. There was a time and a day that came when Moses went to be with the Lord. And the people mourned. 
But then they had to forget about Moses because Moses was gone. God was raising up a new leader to bring them to where God was calling them to be. And God is calling this church to a higher place, to a greater place, to a more powerful place, to a place of blessing, a place of prosperity, a place where souls are going to pour into this church. But we need to expand the place where we are building our tent and say, God, I want to cooperate with your vision, even though it might feel uncomfortable, but I want to, I want to partner with you. And so when God said, I'm going to send a flood, Noah just didn't get a vision. He had to start cutting some wood. He had to start building an ark. Joseph had the colossal task of administrating an organizational challenge that was beyond anything I could even imagine in feeding all of those people in Egypt and storing up grain for seven years so that when those seven years of famine came, that there would be plenty to eat. Esther literally put her neck on the line because she went before the king without being invited. And in those days, if you went before a king before being invited, that was inviting your head to be cut off. But she knew she needed to be willing to partner with God because there was so much at stake. And she said, if I die, I die. I wonder if we have that kind of attitude. God, whatever the cost, whatever it takes, I'm in. Are we willing to make the necessary sacrifices to experience everything that God has for our lives and has for High Street Worship Center? We must be so committed to the will of God that we will lay aside what we think, what we feel, what we want, and say, God, your will be done. And be resolute, resolute in our commitment that I will not hold back anymore. I will enlarge the place of my tent. Then notice the second command that God gives. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. We're given God's wonderful promise of expansion and increase. But in order for there to be expansion and increase, the children of Israel had to do something with where they were, and that was to take their tent curtains and stretch them out beyond where they were. Are we willing to stretch out? The Apostle Paul said, I press on. He knew what it meant to make his muscles stronger. You don't go to the gym and not lift weights and do something that is difficult. It takes stretching. It takes discipline. It takes perseverance, but it's serving some awful good in your body. And so it is in the kingdom of God. When we stretch, when we go beyond, when we say, I'm not going to hold back, it's not time for me to rationalize away uh, what my commitment to Christ. It's not time for me to say, God, I'll give you this much and uh, you should be pleased with this much because after all, that's 80%. God is saying it's 100% for I will be Lord of all or I will be Lord not at all. God is looking for a radical commitment of our lives today. Just think if the disciples decided not to preach because of their threats, where would the first church of Jesus Christ be? What would have happened if Martin Luther had held back from, uh, from nailing those 95 theses to the Wittenberg castle because of fear. What would have happened to David if David Wilkerson had not chosen to leave that podunk town in Pennsylvania and saying, yes, God, I'll go to New York City. I'll go to where those, those young people that are strung out on drugs and their lives are ruined and wrecked. I will go. And because of that, now Teen Challenge is changing lives all over the world because one man in this hillbilly town in upstate Pennsylvania said, God, I will go. What would have happened if Martin Luther King had not stepped up because of fear? We need to think this morning about how we are spending our lives and how we're so reticent about taking up the challenge, how we're so reluctant to be stretched, how we're so reluctant to move, move out of our comfort zone, how many of us will reach the end of our lives and say, what 
could have happened if I had said no to fear and did exactly what the Lord was asking me to do. Let's remember the words of Jesus who said, listen, if your hand is on the plow, but your eyes are looking backward, then you're not fit for the kingdom of God. How many of us are looking backward today? How many are saying, I want to follow Jesus, but oh, wow, that was so pleasurable. Oh, well, if, 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 if I just slow down on my commitment to Christ, it's going to give me a chance to make more money. It's going to give me a chance to experience this pleasure. God, God says, today is the day of salvation. Will you commit yourself wholly unto me? If you've increased the size of your tent, then you must get more rope. And that's the third thing. We're to enlarge, we're to stretch, and now we're to lengthen our cords. Because the tent is now bigger, and now the ropes need to be longer to tie down where those new stakes have been placed. When does it come time in our lives when we move out of our comfort zone? Jesus told his disciples that if you want to catch fish, you need to launch out into the deep. So many of us, like wading in the kiddie pool, when God says, I want you to swim in my rivers. God has called High Street Worship Center and every evangelical church to be a missional church as, a church, as Michael prayed this morning, that we are saved to tell the good news that Jesus Christ saves. We are saved to bring hope where there's hopelessness. We are saved to bring light where there is darkness. We are saved to bring a message of deliverance where th those are held in bondage and launch out into the deep. Jesus said, Peter, now you filled your boat with fish, but I want you to know you're going to now fish for men. It's not going to be an easy task, and it's going to require that you move out of your comfort zone. But if we're going to see God accomplish his purposes, we need to do just that. And I love Pastor Terry's passion in moving us outside of the four walls of this church. For so often Christians have thought that Christian life was only about coming to church and doing church things and being involved in the church and doing ministries for the church. What does God call this church to do? God has called this church to be a light in a dark place. And we can only be a light as we shine that light and as we speak words of life that bring light and truth. And the mission field is not on the other side of the ocean because sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to be a missionary because that means I might have to go to Africa or China or, or some godforsaken third world country. No, 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 no. The mission field is outside of the front doors of this church. The mission field is outside of your front door, wherever you might live, on the street on which you live. God is calling us to move out of our comfort zone and to strengthen our stakes. The stakes are what secures the tent to the ground so that it doesn't topple. But when the tent is made larger, those stakes need to go deeper and we need to ask ourselves as we begin a new year, I don't know, as you assess this past year, how's your progress been in growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? How's it been with going deeper into God? What steps are we taking to go deeper into God? I love that passage of scripture that Pastor Terry has been hammering home from Ezekiel 47. Where, where initially the prophet Ezekiel is finding himself in, in just a puddle of water, as it were. But as he remains there, and as the water continues to flow from under the, the, the door of the temple, the, the waters continue to rise until there are waters to swim in. We need to move out of the shallow end of the pool. God is inviting us to know the depths waters to swim in. We need to stop splashing in the kiddie pool and decide that this year I'm going deeper in God. This year I'm, I'm not going to be content with where I've been for the last five years as a Christian. You know, it's time to stop playing church, saints. 
It's time to stop going through the motions. It's time to say, we're living in the last day. We are, the, we are living in the midnight hour. You need to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see all that is happening in our world today. It is just boggling to the imagination. Is this the America we want? No, no, no. It is not the America we grew up in. Things are so changing. What is evil is now called good. What is good is now called evil. What is woke is praised. What is truth is denied, scorned, persecuted. It's all the strategy of the enemy that is just mesmerizing the world in darkness. But we need to say, God, my eyes have been opened. And I need to increase my capacity to receive more of you that I might be more effective, more influential, more powerful for what you would have me to do. Going deeper in God requires a greater commitment, not just to attend church, not just to do church, but to be church, to be disciples of Jesus Christ, not Christians who hear sermonettes, preach to Christianettes on a Sunday morning, but disciples who are sold out to Jesus Christ. What does it mean? It doesn't mean coming to church every Sunday. Although if you really are a Christian who loves God, you're going to want to be in God's house. But it means to give your life wholly dedicated and consecrated to him. What does it look like to have a life that is wholly consecrated to God? I know in the old days we used to think, I now need to talk and act like Holy Harry or Sanctified Sally who doesn't wear makeup and uh, wears covering over her head and doesn't wear jewelry and, uh, you, know, I, you know, all these external symbols of what holiness is. That's not holiness. That's superficiality. Holiness is of the heart. And God sees the heart. God is looking for a heart that is in passionate pursuit after him. God is looking for a heart that loves to be with him. As Michael prayed this morning, that like Mary sits at his feet. That, that removes the distractions of life. Because the priority is, is not those distractions. And the enemy has caused us to believe that distractions are the things that we need to go after. Because if we go after these distractions, then we're going to find pleasure and we're going to find success. The devil is a liar. Narrow is the, great, the, narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. So many nominal Christians who have no idea of what it means to be wholly consecrated unto God. It means a life that is surrendered where we give all to him. So when the world tempts us, we say no to that temptation. It's a life that gets up every day and says, God, I'm going to embrace my cross. The cross is painful. The cross is an instrument of death, but if we would know life, you first need to die. You cannot know resurrection life until you die. And every day, Paul said, I die daily. We die daily so that we be raised daily to walk in newness of life and have the life of Christ flowing through us. Knowing his word, living his word. We can't live it unless we read it. And in this new year, if your Bible is somewhere dusty on a shelf, you better take it down because how can we know it if we're not reading it? How can we get it into our spirit? You can't depend on Sunday morning to say, oh, I got my spiritual feeding for the week. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. We wouldn't think about going a day without food, and yet we go for a week without spiritual nourishment. And we wonder why we're defeated and we're discouraged and we succumb so easily and so readily to temptation. There's no con consecration without spending time with God in prayer and in the word. And we need to understand, Christian friends, you know, as your pastor, this has been the passion of my heart, that God says, my house will be a house of prayer. 
Nothing will be accomplished for the kingdom of God. No marketing program, no new pastor, no new leadership, no new nothing. Pastor Terry isn't coming with a revival in his briefcase. It's going to be a revival when God's people say, God, we're going to seek your face. For God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. That's when revival will come, when we get in God's face and saying, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you pour out your spirit. I'm not going to let you go until I see revival in my own soul, revival in my church, souls coming and being brought into the kingdom of God. Okay, maybe you buy the idea of prayer, but how about the idea of fasting? That hurts. That hurts. Tomorrow's the first day of our 21-day fast. And I want you to know today that we don't do this because it's the thing to do in January. Every church does it every January. And I will confess, this is the 13th year since I've been your pastor that we are doing a 21-day fast. It's not for the purpose of getting healthy because we've overindulged in the, over the holidays. I mean, that will do you good, but that is not the purpose of this fast. The purpose of this fast is to draw near to God. The purpose of this fast is to reset and recalibrate and to prepare ourselves for all that lies before us to ensure, God, I am in alignment with you. You are making the crooked places straight. I, I've gotten a little crooked here. I need to be brought back into the straight and narrow. I need to get my sights focused on you. My vision is been clouded, but you need to take the scales off of my eyes. My mind has been, been foggy, but you need, you need to renew my mind in your word and in your truth in what you're calling me to do and what you're calling High Street Worship Center to do. I know it's death to the flesh, but we have the wrong perspective on fasting. We see it as drudgery. Ah. Oh. I can't believe tomorrow I, I need to start denying my, my body. Some of you are saying, oh, I'm fasting. I'm fasting social media. Is that hurting your body? Sorry. I know it's good to fast social media because that's a big distraction. But that is not biblical fasting. Biblical fasting is abstinence of food for the purpose of seeking God. So you can abstain from food for 21 days and all you're going to do is go on a good diet and lose weight if you're not seeking God. And that's a trap that's so easily fallen into. We go through our day, okay, I didn't eat all day. And we're encouraging a Daniel fast, which means you can eat, but you're going to deny yourself meats and sweets and those things that you delight in. And I want to suggest this as well. Even on a Daniel fast, you shouldn't do that so you satisfy every little hunger pain and you get up from that table and say, I feel good. If there is no hunger pain left, I'm wondering if we're really fasting. There is something that happens and they, the, the Puritans had it right. They, they had the right perspective. They said, this is an opportunity for soul fattening soul fattening. There's something to be said about starving the physical body that heightens the spiritual soul. And we resist fasting because we're so in love with food. And that points to a deeper problem. We're all about these five senses. Michael, I loved what you prayed this morning. We don't, we don't cater to our five senses, what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch. I know that's the world that we live in and that's how we experience the world that we live in, but God is saying that I created you first, a spirit. And that spirit needs to be groomed so that it can commune and fellowship with God. And one of the ways that we create the opportunity for that to take place, to facilitate that that grooming that God wants to do in our life is to cut off the food. I know it's a mystery and I know it's painful, but all I could say is it works. And I want us to be clear. I want us to be clear that 
The Bible nowhere commands fasting, but if you study the Word of God, it's everywhere. In fact, fasting is spoken about more in the scriptures than water baptism. You say, water baptism, that's one of the two ordinances of the church. How important is that? That is so important because it pictures our whole conversion experience. But fasting is mentioned more often. And yet it is the most neglected spiritual discipline in most Christian lives. The sad reality is that, that we're always eating and our spiritual sensitivity becomes so dull, so dull. And while it is not a commandment, Jesus said, not if you fast, but when you fast. So if you're really going to be a disciple, as we're learning about kingdom living in Matthew 5 through 7, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, not if you pray, if you give, if you fast, these are three practices that are to be integral to our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. And during these next 21 days, God wants to open the windows of heaven Oh, you're going to have some days when you're going to get cranky. You're going to have some days when you're going to feel miserable because your, your body is purifying. You get on a Daniel fast, you're going to purify your body. Eating vegetables and, and juices. Stay away from sugar. Look at labels. So much of our juice has so much sugar in it, it's not even nourishing. It's more poison to our bodies. Anyhow, I'm off on a tangent here. <laughs> But personally and corporately, fasting will take us deeper. And we need to encourage one another. That's what I like about corporate fast. Normally, the scripture says, when you fast, do it secretly. No one even knows you're fasting. But now we're doing it corporately. We all know we're fasting. And how you fast, what meals you skip, what foods you eat, don't eat, that's between you and God. But I ask you to ask God sincerely, God, how would you have me fast? Let the Lord speak to you and make sure there's something sacrificial about it because we're denying something for ourselves so that we can have more of God. That's, that's what is increasing the capacity of our hearts for more of God. We need to be in the kind of commitment where we, we have accountability with one another. That's what consecration is all about. It's about accountability. How many of us are comfortable about having a spiritual accountability partner that says, oh, how's your marriage going? How are you stewarding your finances? How are you using your hours of every day? What's your diet looking like? How much time are you spending in prayer and in the word? Are you watching things on TV and are you so filled with Netflix that it's polluting your mind? We need to be accountable. I say like Mike Bickle says, God, shock me now. Don't shock me later. We're going to stand before him someday and our works will be exposed. They'll be placed in the fire. Will we be found faithful? I need to wrap this up this morning. Why does God want us to experience this expansion in our lives? Why do we need to pay the price for this expansion? By enlarging the place of our tent, by lengthening our cords and stretching our tent and uh, deepening our stakes. Why? Because God says, I want you to spread out. I want you to spread out to the right and to the left. I want you to take more ground for me and my kingdom. Where the enemy has had a foothold, God wants to dismantle. God wants to take over that territory. God wants you to, to, to establish yourself and your legacy in those desolate places where once was darkness, where once there was barrenness. Now there's fruitfulness and blessing and grace and glory. It's all about expanding the kingdom. It's all about God, your kingdom coming. It's all about God, your name being magnified. It's all about people who are in darkness, who need Jesus, are finding Jesus because we're willing to share Christ. Driving the stakes deeper means it's looking at our foundations. And that's what our foundation is. 
It's Jesus advancing the kingdom and that he has the preeminence in all things. Sharing the love of God with those that are in darkness. They come into the church so that we could grow them up into Christ-like maturity, so that we could equip them for ministry. And every person who comes to know Jesus Christ has something to do to advance the kingdom of God beyond just sitting in a church pew on Sunday morning and thinking, I did my Christian duty. I went to church today. I put my tithe envelope in the offering. I did my Christian duty today. May God enlarge our vision and cause us to see how much more he wants to do in us, through us, and in and through this church that he would have the preeminence in all things because it's truly all about him. And so as we assess our goals for 2020-2023, what are you aiming at? Do we understand that if we aim at nothing, that's exactly what we're going to get. You'll find yourself here next year saying, my life is the same as it was a year ago. Nothing changed. Nothing improved. I haven't grown deeper. I haven't done anything for the kingdom of God. I can't think of anything more dreadful than that. But the desire to say, God, let me live my life wholly consecrated to you targeting our aim to come into alignment with God's plan and God's purpose for us personally and also for us corporately. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we we ask you today that you would search us, that you would know us. As we come to the end of the year and we begin a new year, it's time to take inventory your word says that we're examined we are to examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith so in these closing quiet moments of the service we ask you lord to examine our hearts are we wholly consecrated to you see where we're withholding see see where we are not fully surrendered bring conviction bring light bring truth And as we enter these 21 days of fasting, we give ourselves to you. We surrender to you and we say, Jesus, we thank you that you will give us the grace to take advantage of this opportunity of drawing close to you, to coming to know you in a deeper, richer, fuller way, to expand our capacity for you. Let it be so, Father, for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.